copyright disclaimer. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, emotional, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair. Additionally, this content is not intended to incite hate towards any particular individual or entity, but for the purposes of consumer education and consumer protection. Everything in this podcast is my interpretation of the things that I have found on the professional website of the businesses mentioned, as well as other sources that will be linked below if they are used. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Recovering from MLM podcast. My name is Nikki and I'm your host tonight. I am super excited to be here, but I just want to give a couple little disclaimers in this short little intro before we get started. For those of you who don't know, I've spent the past five years over two different occasions working with a very specific, very prestigious, very well-known MLM company, and I rode the struggle bus the entire time. Um, We're going to talk in this podcast over multiple episodes about kind of the things that I went through in MLM, why I wasn't successful, why things didn't pan out the way that I was told that they would, and some of the things that I went through on a more personal level. And then at some point, we're probably going to break away from that and start talking about other MLM groups and why it's so important to steer clear of things like that. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm willing to bet money that you are one of three types of people. Either A, you are someone who is already in an MLM group and is listening for one of two reasons. Either A, because you are searching for answers because you are spinning your wheels, doing the best you can to climb all the way to the top of the ranks, to the top of the pyramid, if you will, and just not having success and wanting to kind of hear a different perspective or hear from someone else if you're not alone or if you're just crazy and the only person going through this. Or B, you might be listening to this as someone who's already in an MLM because you want to try to debunk me, prove me wrong, prove that none of these things are true. And that's fine too. I get that. I've actually already dealt with that. and I've only launched one episode. So um, maybe you're one of the second types of people who is someone who's maybe looking into an MLM. Maybe you Google searched hashtag MLM and this came up. Maybe you don't really understand the difference right now between anti-MLM and MLM. Maybe you had a friend send this to you because they know this is something that you're considering. And if that is the case, I urge you to listen to every single episode that's available and also check out other resources. Someone that I really, really love whenever it comes to resources is Jessica Hickson. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok. And she also went through a lot of the same things that I have gone through and I'm currently going through. And you might be the final person who is someone who's just really interested in learning how MLM works and what it is and all of the things. Maybe you stumbled here completely by accident. Maybe you're here because you want to be here. Regardless of why you're here or how you're here, I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy to call you my friend. And I would just like to give you a friendly little reminder that real friends don't let friends join MLMs. Now, with that being said, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and turn on the little notification button so that you 
get notified every single time a new podcast pops up. And also make sure that you're following my Instagram and TikTok accounts because those are also specifically for my more visual people who kind of want to see firsthand. I'm going to be dropping screenshots, um, recordings from Zoom meetings, recordings from Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives that I've seen with other MLM people, uh, even leaking some of my own cringeworthy stuff that I've uploaded in the past in my time with MLMs. So both the TikTok and Instagram account all have the exact same username as this podcast. It's recovering from MLM. Okay, so we're just going to jump right in. And before we get started, uh, this was something that was presented to me, an idea that was presented to me by a friend um, yesterday, and I kind of just love the idea. So what I'm going to start doing is before each podcast, I'm actually going to start with reading some excerpts of Zoom notes that I've taken in the past. Now, for legal purposes, I can't say the name of the company that I was with or the names of the people who I wrote these quotes from, but I can tell you they're extremely cringy. Today, we're going to be talking about toxic positivity. And so in the spirit of toxic positivity, we're going to go through some toxic positivity quotes that I've taken from Zooms over the years. Here's the very first one. You are your own glass ceiling. Your work ethic will write your paycheck. Take control of your business. If it's slow, you are the reason it is slow. Believe that you can do it. Then do it. Grow and continue to do it some more. Don't realize that your neighbor joined someone else because you did not believe in yourself enough to ask them to join you. Don't let yourself be deceived to not bust through December. That was the month this was recorded. Don't believe your own BS. Believe it until you become it. How you close one door is how you will walk through another. It's not everyone's fault that you're not successful. It is simply your own. All confidence is, is just a little bit of faith. If you can't have confidence in God, how can you expect someone else to have confidence in your ability to change their lives? All right, you guys, let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited to be here chatting with you guys tonight. I have been putting so much effort into what I wanted to talk about tonight because there are so many things um, as I'm unpacking and as I'm kind of like going through in my mind, like all of the stuff that's gone down over the past five years and all of the takeaways. And I've been like reading back through Zoom notes and rewatching Zoom recordings that I've had and, and things like that. And you know, what I really have to say is that I'm just floored at the amount of BS that I believed and that I truly stood behind and that I genuinely thought was out of love and friendship and for my best interest. I'm just like mind blown, you guys. So Tonight, after much consideration, I decided what we're going to talk about is toxic positivity. And I want you guys to put your seatbelts on for this one because I feel like this one's going to be a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. It's been a little bit of a hard pill for me to swallow myself. For those of you who don't know, um, I've only been out of an MLM for about going on four days now. Um, and so the effects are still very much there. I've been talking with my therapist more than usual, kind of going through the things. My therapist was actually the very first one um, outside of uh, a couple of my husband's relatives who were like, hey, maybe this isn't actually a great line. Like maybe this is actually not a good thing. Um, and of course my upline even convinced me that my therapist didn't know what she was talking about, but 
Toxic positivity is something that I feel like really needs to be addressed quickly. Um, and so I wanted it to be one of my first few episodes um, just because it affects so many people in so many ways. I mean, it affects marriages. It affects people's thought processes. It even leaves long-term mental effects. So let's just dive right in. Let's talk about what toxic positivity actually is. Um, so toxic positivity is the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of happy and optimistic state across over all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. And you guys, I'm not even going to lie. Whenever I read that today online, I was just like, dang, toxic positivity is a big, big, big thing in the MLM world. Like, it is seriously a huge thing. And that comes from um, a group called The Psychology Group on Instagram. I also have a screenshot here, you guys. I just got a new phone. Um, <laughs> so you're going to have to bear with me. We're a little unprofessional right now, but it's fine. And those of you who are listening who actually know me in real life are probably rolling your eyes laughing. And it's like, no surprise, because that's just Nikki. But according to writeasrain.uwmedicine.org, the definition of toxic positivity is that toxic positivity involves dismissing negative emotions and responding to distress with false reassurances rather than empathy. It comes from feeling uncomfortable with negative emotions and it is often well-intentioned but can cause alienation and a feeling of disconnection. So it's no surprise that once you learn what an MLM actually is, how it works and the tactics that they use, it's not surprising at all that toxic positivity would actually be a manipulation tactic that they use to pull you in and then keep you in. Because what I find interesting about MLM in general is if they're pouring enough toxic positivity into you, what you actually start to notice is people who are in MLMs are afraid to leave or to question the tactics of the MLM itself because they're afraid that they will sound like they're being negative or like they're not in a good mindset or they're not in a good mental state. And so we're going to talk about that here. I am going to be discussing with you guys a whopping six point factor on different tactics that they use in different ways that they present toxic positivity. And these are not all inclusive. These are just what I could come up with off the top of my head, kind of going through notes and like reading back over Zoom notes that I've taken and notes that I had in my phone and listening to Zooms. I've been listening to Zooms all day long that are um, saved recordings of Zooms that I had, that I had saved, that I actually would play every single day because that toxic positivity was the driving factor of why I was working. So let's just jump right into this. So ways that MLM abuse positive feelings is kind of how I have titled these points. So the very first one is something that's called personal development. And personal development is something that they push literally every single day. They don't even want you working your business until you've done personal development. Now, I want you to hear me because even outside of the MLM world, Personal development is still something that I use every single day because I do believe that in the right amount, it is healthy. For example, I enjoy reading self-help books because I am someone who has dealt with trauma. I am someone who's gone through some really rough things in life. And 
being able to sit down and read self-help books and learn coping mechanisms of how to deal with these things are really good. However, while it can be a good and helpful thing, the quantities and the materials that MLMs use are actually extremely toxic. For example, they are always pushing materials that fit their agenda, specifically using books that are written by other people in MLMs and preaching at you about the key to your success being your mindset. But isn't that kind of why you're reading the book to learn how to expand your mindset, to learn how to have a better mindset. However, most of the time, these books that are written by um, MLM, I guess we'll call them workers, and they're not business owners, so I don't really want to use the word business owners, but people who are in MLMs who write these books typically never actually give you any real examples. And I'm going to be putting examples of that quotes from different books on my TikTok and Instagram account. If you have not gone and followed them yet, pause this right now and go follow both accounts. They are called at recovering from MLM. Um, the reason I'm going to be putting this content is just going to give you a visual representative of what these books actually contain. Um, it'll say things like the key to unlocking your mindset, but it never actually gives you real true answers, coping mechanisms, or things that you can apply to your everyday life, they kind of just talk in circles. It's kind of like whenever you're watching presidential debates or you're watching anything political, and by the end of it, you're like, well, that was a lot of information. And by the time you get done unpacking all of this information, you actually don't have any answers. It's kind of the same thing. And I find it very interesting that their favorite books to push are books that were written by other people who are in MLMs. Because typically people who are outside of MLMs don't have the same mindset. And then the books that they do push that are not written by people who are in MLMs um, are typically by people who are legitimate business owners because they try to kind of push like the legitimacy of the quote unquote business. Like see all these things, all of these objections that you're going through, other business owners have too. Well, yeah, of course they have those things because they're running a legitimate business. Um, telling you things like the more books you read, the more commas you will see in your paycheck. You guys, I cannot stress to you how many times my specific upline has said this in team zooms, how many times she said this in one-on-ones with me, how many times that she's texted me that over and over and over again, I would come to her and say, Hey, this is the problem that I'm having. And she's like, the more books you read, the more commas you'll see. Hey, my paycheck was only $200 and I worked eight hour days for a solid month. Oh, the more books you read, the more commas. It got to a point, and I'm not saying reading is a bad thing. I really personally am someone who does enjoy reading. I literally just finished an entire fiction novel um, in about two days. <laughs> um, I just, I thoroughly enjoy reading. But when it gets to a point where you're clearing more than five books in a month, specifically because you're led to believe that that is the only way that you're going to make any kind of income. And it's a non-profitable thing. Like you profit from it as far as maybe learning some things, but it's not income producing. It's not something that's actually building your paycheck. Um, they also love to push people like Tony and Mel Robbins People who kind of talk in circles about big topics like how to have wealth or how to have success, but never really offer solutions. And I think that maybe Tony and Mel Robbins might be profitable in the actual business world. I'm not sure. I'm not a part of that. I'm not saying Tony and Mel Robbins are bad. There's some of their content that I actually really enjoy, um, but they kind of take little 
one hit slogans that Tony and Mel use and they kind of try to drive them home as a way of manipulating you into feeling like you have to constantly be in this state of positivity. And let me just tell you right now, for those of you who are asking, like, why are these things bad? It's not bad to learn how to be positive. It's not bad to learn how to have a good mindset. It's not bad to learn how to be in a good headspace. Me personally, I have been through, I could literally write a four novel series on the trauma that I've been through in my lifetime. So for me, learning how to be positive was a very, very hard thing before MLM. And something that I'm learning in therapy every single day is positive ways to deal with things. Where it becomes toxic is where every single objection, every single non-positive force that enters your life is considered automatic um, negativity instead of just a normal part of life. For example, there was the first time I came into this business, um, I had been through Hurricane Michael. I had lost my home um, due to the hurricane and I had to move in with my mom with my three kids at the time. I was a single mom. And whenever I moved in with my mom, that next morning, um, my grandparents lived right next door. And my uncle comes running down the driveway and tells us that my grandmother um, is non-responsive. And so we, very long story short, um, did our best to take care of her until um, EMS got there. And we knew immediately, um, as soon as we saw her, that she had unfortunately had a stroke. Um, and she was lifelighted to a hospital. She was in the hospital for five days. And unfortunately, she did pass away. She was no longer with us. And um, it was devastating to me. It was heartbreaking because from childhood, my great-grandmother was such a huge part of my life. Um, she was one of the most amazing women I ever met in my entire life. And I'm actually getting teary-eyed just talking about it because it's just devastating. And the leader that I had at the time, not the girl that I signed under, but the girl above her, and this was my first time in the company, um, She got really upset with me because during that week, uh, my enrollments dropped because I was constantly at the hospital. If I wasn't at the hospital, I was like picking my kids up from school, um, doing just kind of basic things. But I was kind of just going through the motions of life because there was so much anxiety and there was so much hardship there. Um, And whenever she passed away, um, my my great grandmother was a very sweet, very beautiful, very kind Pentecostal lady. She had very long, gorgeous hair. And she was very precise about her hair. It had to be just so you would never see her with her hair not being properly taken care of. And I could not fathom the idea of her being put into her casket with her hair not just so. And so I had asked my family and the funeral home if they would be okay with me doing her hair for the funeral. And of course, like my family said that was fine. The funeral home said that was fine. So I went in to do her hair and I will never forget I was driving back from the funeral home and I got a voice note from the upline. I'm actually going to go back through um, my voice notes and find it. But she basically told me um, that I needed to look at this with a positive outlook. She was with Jesus now. There was no reason for me to mourn. And I had to learn how to not let this get in the way of my quote unquote business because my grandmother wouldn't want that for me. And I just remember being so hurt because I was like, I just lost one of the most important women in my life. I am in a state of mourning. I did not join this quote unquote business so that I could be your workhorse. I joined this so that I could choose. I mean, that's what, what's preached to us is we can choose. And she literally responded to me with a podcast and she was like, you need to listen to that. That in itself was toxic. That in itself is what these definitions are talking about whenever it says that it lacks empathy. 
And it's kind of just the end all be all like nothing can ever happen and be bad. Bad things in life happen all the time. And you have to learn how to deal with those things. And this is this is where I find it very dangerous is whenever you're talking about toxic positivity um, and it talks about false reassurances rather than um, empathy and, and that that's the way that it dismisses negative emotions and that's how it responds to distress is these false reassurances, no empathy, um, all of these things and it causing alienation and disconnection. Where it starts to get dangerous is in our own minds over time, it's almost like a brainwashing um, concept. And so what I'm referring to is over the years of having this constant, like feeling like I am never allowed to be in a bad headspace. I'm never allowed to have a bad day. I'm never allowed to have a day where I just need to decompress, unpack, process, um, deal with things and, and see them for what they are being forced to feel like I constantly have to see bad things in a good light is very, it's just not logical. Like that's not the way that life works. You cannot deal with a problem until you're able to see that problem for what it is. And so a big thing that's pushed in MLM, I, just my personal opinion here is that we're taught to not deal with them. We're taught to be like, oh, it's okay. This really bad thing happened. Like my life is falling apart at the seams, but I'm positive. It's okay. And we don't deal with things because if we actually dealt with them, if we actually faced them, we would be looking at things in a negative light. And that's just not a good mindset for MLM. Um, Number two, the one-on-one -on -one calls or in-person meetings with uplines, I would even venture to say um, there was a lot of it whenever I went to retreats. There was a lot of it whenever I went to my first conference. There was a lot of it whenever I watched the online conferences. Um, the one-on-one -on -one meetings are more geared to be a place to be taught by a quote-unquote mentor. And here's the reason why I say mentor is because whenever you join the business, the quote-unquote business, whenever you join the MLM, um, a lot of the times what they what they advertise, you'll see it on story slides. They're like, what you get when you join this business with me? And it says like freedom of time, freedom of finances, more time with your family. And then it'll say one on one mentorship with me. And that's even something that they say in scripting is I'm going to be your mentor. I'm going to hold your hand through all of this. And so for me personally, whenever I think of a mentor, OK, I think kind of like, um, you know, like karate movies, whenever you have this person who is teaching this another person all of the tricks of the trade. But in all honesty, it's not a mentorship. It's a circular conversation. It's a conversation that just kind of goes in circles until it stops, okay? Um, and instead of answering questions, they kind of more or less just preach mindset. Um, here's some of the questions, and I actually wrote this down. Some of the questions that I feel like it's important to, to know if you're actually running a legitimate net, uh, business um, that never got answered for me. That was kind of weird to me. One of them was how many people should I message in a day? We would hear, and I feel like there are so many people. I got so many responses yesterday. I just want you to know that I love you guys. Like the amount of support that I've gotten launching this podcast has been amazing. So I'm just going to interject that right here. But the number of people who messaged me between last night and this morning and was like, girl, yes, like you're speaking to my soul. Either they've already left the MLM or they're still in it. And they're like, dude, this is how I've been feeling for so long. I feel like these are going to be the same people who message me and are like, you're spot on with this question because we all asked it so many times. It would come up in chats on Zooms. People would message it in team chats. It never got a clear, concise answer. How many people should I message in a day? We are told that we are supposed to cold message. 
we are told that we are supposed to get people, we're supposed to message people to get host a post up, which is where you have a friend put up a post on their page, like basically advertising for your products or the giveaway that they're supposedly doing that month or about the quote unquote business opportunity, offering someone to join this MLM with you. Um, nobody would ever answer it. They would typically say things like, I just message until I get to my goal. Well, how many messages does that take? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Or they'll say something like, well, you just keep sending them. You just keep messaging. Or my favorite one I think that I ever heard was um, Charlotte uh, actually made the comment one time uh, that if you feel like you don't know how many messages to send, you probably haven't sent enough yet. Another one that never got answered was how do I help my team enroll when they aren't getting responses to messages? And the response that I would always get to that one was, you need to help them work on their mindset. If they're not enrolling, it's because they don't believe that they can enroll. And there's kind of this toxic outlook in social media marketing, quote unquote, which is actually MLM. Um, and this, this toxic ideology, what it is, is essentially manifestation. It is this belief, and I'm not saying that manifestation is not real. I'm saying that the way that it is pushed is so freaking toxic. I literally heard someone one time say on a Zoom a few years ago that if you believe that you can enroll 50 customers in a day, if you really truly believe it with all you have within you, you will enroll 50 customers that day. And if you set out the day saying, I believe I'm going to enroll 50 customers in the day and you don't enroll those 50 customers, you did not truly believe that you could do it. That is so toxic. Because it puts you in this cycle of like beating yourself up of being like, why can't I believe in myself? Why can't I have enough belief in myself to enroll like these people do? I'm just going to tell you right now, just in case you're listening to this and you are in an MLM, um, for two consecutive months, I was in challenges where you could actually see what the leaders were enrolling and what the other people, basically what they did was a bunch of these leaders got together. They took like their top like 15, 20 people um, who were their top enrollers. And they threw us all into like chats together. We started working under 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 other leaders um, and we had to go into a spreadsheet and we had to actually put in this spreadsheet um, what our enrollments were. And I'm going to tell you this right now. These people that you're looking up to that you feel like are enrolling all these people. And also um, our team had a boom chat. It was basically a chat where you would go and be like, boom, new customer, this much volume, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so and we would number them. Right. What I saw firsthand was that these people were not actually enrolling like they post on their stories that they are. Like the numbers that they posted on their stories, the numbers that they talked about in Zooms did not match the spreadsheet by a freaking landslide. It's not that MLM uh, top income earners are so successful because they work so hard. It is because they bring so many people on. And I'm just going to say this too. I had a girl who was messaging me on a consistent basis, asking questions about the business. Mind you, I am not a top ranking leader, not even close. I, Whenever I left, I was not even the second promotion level in the company after being there for a year, and it was not for lack of trying. Um, but what I'm saying is she would message me asking me all these questions, and I finally said, who enrolled you? And she said, Charlotte did. And I said, why don't you message Charlotte and ask her? And she's like, she literally never responds to me. She literally never messages me back. These people are just enrolling new team members. They are just bringing new people into the MLM. It is not that they're getting all these customers. It's not that they're putting in all this work. It's that they are just really good at finessing people into seeing it their way.
Number three is limiting beliefs. They really, 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 really love to use your limiting beliefs to abuse staying in a positive quote unquote mindset. And this one is where it gets a little nitty gritty. <laughs> There's so much that I could talk about on this one and I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet because I can't actually upload um, a podcast that is more than 60 minutes combined. And I really don't want to have to do a part two to you guys. So um, limiting beliefs. So let's just talk about this for just a second, because this is the one thing um, that really hung me up the most in MLM is the limiting beliefs. Now, here's the thing. I do believe that you should believe in yourself. I do believe that we do have thought processes that keep us from, um, from reaching our full potential or for, from seeing our full worth. I believe that we all have these little thoughts in the back of our mind that are fear-based that stop us from doing big things. Um, now, according to better up, Dot com, a limiting belief is a thought or state of mind that you think is the absolute truth and stops you from doing certain things. These beliefs don't always have to be about yourself either. They could be about how the world works, ideas, and how you interact with people. Okay, now with that being said, um, not every thought that you have is a limiting belief. Not every single time that you think something is you having a limiting belief. For example, if I'm wanting to go to the gym, right? I'm like, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to get control of my body back. I want to feel better in my own skin. I'm going to get a gym membership and I'm going to go work out. And I pull up in the parking lot of the gym and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, I actually don't think I'm going to go in because people are going to look at me and be like, who the hell does she think she is going to the gym? Who does she think that she is? She's so big. Or people are going to look at me and be like, wow, she's huge. Like she needs to be here. That is a limiting belief. Okay. Um, thinking something like, you know, I shouldn't even go to college because I would, I would never pass my classes. That is a limiting belief. Um, however, in MLM, the answer to every negative thing ever is limiting belief. And I actually wrote a list for you guys of things that people say it's just limiting beliefs. If you're not enrolling customers or distributors and you're asking your upline, hey, I'm not enrolling and I don't know what's wrong, it's limiting beliefs. Messages being ignored, we would send out thousands of messages and literally, you guys, I kid you not, I actually knew my numbers. So in order to have a friend put up a post for me, in order to have 10 friends post for me, right? We'll just go with 10 friends because that was like the standard 10 people posting for you per day. In order to have 10 people actually say yes to putting up a post for me, I had to send out two hundred messages because the rest of them were ignored out of 10 people that were willing to post for me 190 of them ignored my messages okay but the answer to that was limiting beliefs you just don't believe that you can get posts put up people not joining your team your paycheck being too low having a low following on social media not being able to get people to post for you not making a promotion not making um, a certain trip. It was all limiting beliefs. And what I mean by not making a certain trip is the company that I was in likes to do like these quarterly trips. 
where they take you on a cruise or they take you out of the country or they rent like this big prestigious, um, you know, like hotel and you get like all the treatment and everything. It's all limiting beliefs. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so for example, they would be like, you come to your enroller and you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm not enrolling customers. I'm not enrolling distributors. Um, like I'm, I'm sending all the messages. I'm doing all of the work. Well, how many messages are you sending a day? Well, I'm sending 200. Well, that's easy. The reason why you're not enrolling isn't because you're not messaging. It's because you don't believe that people want to join you. Um, let me just say this. If you don't believe that people will join you, it's probably because there is also this little voice in the back of your head. That's like, something's not right here. Something doesn't add up here. This equation is not making sense. That's what was with me. From the moment that I joined the very first time, I was always like, hmm, this feels a little bit icky. But it was just limiting beliefs, you know? Um, my paycheck being too low, working my tail off for a month and making a whopping $200 for an entire month of advertising and repping this one specific brand, it was my limiting beliefs. I didn't believe that I could make a $20,000 paycheck, so I didn't make $20,000. It didn't happen because you didn't believe in yourself is a very common quote in this company. Or because you thought they will say no, they said no. See, the thing is that it can't possibly be that MLMs are designed for people at the bottom to fail and people at the top to be successful. No, it's not the MLM's fault. It's your fault. You should have believed harder. You should have just been more positive. You should have just known that it was going to work. So you know what you need to do? You need to go read a book. Go read a book, improve your mindset, and more people will join under you. Number four is religious manipulation. And this one is a nitty gritty one. I'm so sorry if you guys can hear my baby screaming in the background. She's eight months old. <laughs> She's eight months old and the house echoes. So religious manipulation. This is one that I could park on for a while, but I'm not going to because time. Um, maybe I'll do a whole nother episode just about religious manipulation. But here is here's the thing. First and foremost, um, whenever I came into this company, I was by no means a religious person. Um, I did find Jesus in this company, but it wasn't because of the religious manipulation. It was just because of it's striking my interest enough for me to do the research on my own and find out who Jesus was for myself. Um, and for that, I'm thankful. That is something that I can never say I did not get from being in an MLM. Um, but they would say things like, God has called you to be here in this company. When you aren't growing your mindset, you aren't walking in all that God has for you. I cannot tell you how many times Charlotte would say in Zooms, in retreat, all of these things, you're stopping yourself from what God has for you. You're stopping yourself from the potential that God has called you to. And not only are you stopping yourself, but by you not showing up for your quote unquote business every single day, you're also stopping every single single mom, every single college student, every single person who's been through trauma, every single person who desperately needs this, you're stopping them. So now not only is the weight of your own success on your shoulders, but the imaginary weight of all the people who are supposedly standing in line, holding out $150, just desperate to join your MLM, um, their success is also your failure as well, because you didn't have the mindset um, and you had too many limiting beliefs to step into all that the Lord has called you in. 
Now, here's here's the thing for me. I wholeheartedly believe that God has a calling over everybody's life. However, I don't believe that scamming people and twisting people's arms and forcing them to join and team up with you. I don't think that that's his calling. I just I just can't see it. Um, insinuating that the MLM is all that God has for you. This is your purpose. This is what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life. And I've even seen it before where people have bowed out of the business and been like, hey, you know, God has called me elsewhere. And people will mock that. Like they preach that this is God's calling for your life. They preach that this is a, a Christian organization. They preach the goodness of God and the love of Jesus and going to church on Sundays and all of the things. But then whenever somebody says, hey, God's actually called me elsewhere, it's funny to them because they're like, no, 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 no. This business right here, this is all God has for you. This is your calling. Like, it's funny, actually. Being in an MLM, if you're in it long enough, you will learn that your entire personality becomes the MLM. The only thing you can think of for content, uh, for, you know, posting on TikTok, Instagram, etc., is your MLM what this business has done for you, even though most of the things that are claimed online, the business never did. Um, and a lot of the people who say I bought this with cash never did that either. Um, another thing that's very commonly said whenever it comes to religious manipulation is actually a very, very famous quote that this quote itself is amazing because whenever you think of people like Moses, who, who didn't want to lead the children of Israel, or you think about you know, Isaiah, or you think about Jeremiah, you think about the ones who were like, I'm a child, I can't speak, or God had this big calling for them. And they were like, I'm not equipped for this. And there's always been this quote floating around that says, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. This is something that they commonly put in their posting and talk about on Zoom, especially whenever they're doing Zooms that are just geared for new people. Um, which by the way, for those of you who are curious, um, over the past five years, I can wholeheartedly tell you that after like your first three months, Zooms are agonizing to get on because it's just the same regurgitated information over and over and over and over and over. There's nothing new about it. it. It's not actual training. It doesn't actually teach you really much of anything except for like logistic things, like how to get someone to post for you or how to send a friend request or whatever. But as far as like teaching you how to actually be successful, they don't do that. Um, but they constantly are saying, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And it's to get these people who in their mind are like, well, I don't have the following to do this. I don't have the money to spend on this. I don't have the this. I don't have the that. They say things like this to get into your head and be like, oh, well, maybe this is in front of my eyes because God put it here. It's religious manipulation. It is, it is manipulating your religion to make you feel like you have to be in this. And then once they get you in, they sink the claws even deeper, kind of like a fish hook, you know, that has a little barb on the end. So it's more painful to pull it out than it is to get it in. Um, then they use the, the religious tactics. Like this is your calling. This is what God has for you. So now you're like me where you're writing in your prayer journal every day and you're like, God, am I making the wrong decision? Like, am I doing the wrong thing by thinking about leaving? Send me a sign. Please tell me. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, and I just know, I know MLMers are going to come for me with this. So um, I saw, I'm not even going to make up a name for this one. I saw a girl in MLM uh, maybe two years ago who went through a breakup and she literally said, I knew that it was time for me to end the relationship because I kept praying and asking God if this was the right person for me. And I realized that I will never have to question God's best for me. 
the same goes with MLM. Same, same sis, same thing goes with MLM. If you have to question if this is the best that God has for your life, it ain't it. That's all I'm saying. So moving on, number five, leadership. They love to manipulate leadership um, whenever it comes to their toxic positivity schemes. So the first thing they do is pushing leaders to stay positive. Something goes wrong in your team. Things are crazy. Things are haywire. Everything's upside down. Your team's not working. People aren't producing. Things aren't happening. Um, I'm just going to be very honest. In MLMs, the majority of the time, I would venture to say at, at least 80, if not 90% of the time that you enroll a newbie, they quit within less than less than 30 days. I would even venture to say that I've signed more people that um, didn't show up the next day um, than people who actually did. Um, and so they, they push you to stay positive through that. Like, oh, it's just your belief set. like you sign them. I have literally been told this before, actually you signed them up and then you immediately counted them out. You were so had such a lack of confidence in yourself that you didn't feel like they would show up. And so as a result of your lack of belief, they didn't show up and you have to stop counting your people out because you are a leader now and you have to believe that this is going to work. Or they'll never stick. Another thing that they do in leadership is you're not allowed to say anything negative in the chats. For example, um, if you're having a hard time with something in the business, getting someone, or, I'm sorry, not in the business, in the MLM, um, getting someone to put up a post for you, or you're just kind of having a rough day, you're not really figuring things out, things aren't going well, you will be reprimanded so fast, if not removed from the chat altogether for saying anything negative. And nine times out of 10, they won't even say anything to you in the chat. They will come text you personally and be like, hey, just so you know, I took your comment out of the chat. Um, and this is what they say. We need to keep it super positive because we have newbies in here that you don't want to scare away. So what you actually need to do is just come to me directly, even though when you come to them directly, nine times out of 10, they don't respond. Um, so you can't you, you can't say anything negative um, at all. And I don't mean like can't say anything negative, like F this company, this is so stupid, like this doesn't work, like obviously not things like that. I don't think any company would ever allow that. But I mean things like, hey guys, I'm really struggling today, like I've really tried hard to get like all my tasks done, but it's just not happening and I just feel like nothing's working for me right now. You can't even do that. Um, calling out people in our teams who aren't producing, telling them how much we love them, but they will never be successful without being positive. I cannot tell you how many times um, I've heard it on Zooms. Whenever you get into these leadership Zooms, and these are Zooms that are just for people who are the second rank in the company and up, and they say things like, um, you know, you're responsible for your team. Your team is only going to do 40% of what you do, which kind of instills this mindset of like, if you want your team to be working part-time, then you should be working all the time. Um, but not only that, it also kind of puts this mindset in gear that if your team is not producing, it's your fault. And they will tell you, you need to reach out to your downline and be very direct with them and be like, hey, is this what you want? Yes or no? Is this what you want? Because if this is what you want, you better get into personal development. You better start reading books. You better start doing this. You better start doing that. Or else you're not going to be successful because you're not positive. Um, that's not the reason why they're not successful. 
there, your mindset does have an effect on the success that you have. Yes, I will wholeheartedly admit that, but it's not the end all be all. It's not the number one reason these MLMs are literally designed. And I've said this before, I will say it again. They are designed so the people at the top make the money and the people at the bottom do not. And if you do not believe me, go ask your enroller about generational bonuses. Okay. So Number six, and the final point that I have is friendship manipulation. Um, this one is a hard one to talk about because this one is still impacting me as we speak, and I'm not even in MLM anymore. But the big one is the love bombing. Um, in the company that I was in, especially, but I've heard it from so many other people, especially in the past 24 hours, because I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me and been like, hey, uh, I too was in an MLM, and this is what I went through. Um, so it's not just my company, but these people make you feel like you're their best friends. Like they couldn't get through life without you. Like they text you and they tell you all about their life every single day and you build all these relationships and they instill all this love in you and they take all this time with you and they make you feel so special and so important. But the moment, the moment that you say or do something that they don't like, they're running back and telling everybody on the team, like just know that everybody on the team is probably talking about you behind your back and that's just the way that it operates. Um, but your enroller specifically will try to be your best friend. Um, and what she will do or he, um, is like what Regina did with me, where she would pretend to, Hey girl, I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. How are you? How's life? How's the baby? And you respond back and she's like, that's so great. So I was just actually reaching out to see if you needed any help with anything. I noticed, you know, that, you haven't really been as active in the chats the past few days. Like, I know you just had a baby, but I'm just wondering, like, is there anything I can do to show up for you? Is there anything that you need from me? No? Okay, girl. Well, just remember, just remember, you can't do all play and no work because you won't be successful. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, girl. You enjoy that new baby. You have a great day. Okay, bye. Like, she didn't reach out because she actually cared. She didn't reach out because she actually had invested anything into me. She reached out because she wanted to make sure that I was working so that her paycheck looked good. And I just want to throw this out there really quickly. Very briefly, I think I named this girl Mandy for the sake of the podcast. But um, there's a girl who's a little bit messy in the team that I was in. And she had actually told me at one point that uh, Regina wasn't actually the rank that she claimed because she had actually lost rank. So I just want you to know that if you feel like your leader is like cracking a whip across your back, trying to get you to hustle up and move, either they are pushing for a new promotion or they have lost rank and are trying to maintain a paycheck. Um, the next thing is telling you anyone in your circle, like your friend group, your family group who says no to a product or to joining your team or to putting up a post for you has a poor mindset. And you should delete and block them, which is crazy to me because like if I walk in Walmart feeling like I want to look at something, right? I want to look at a t-shirt at Walmart. Okay. And I walk in and I don't find a t-shirt that I like and I leave Walmart. They don't ban me from Walmart for the rest of my life. Like <laughs> the employees don't refuse to help me the next time I come in. They don't ban me. They don't block me. Okay. Um, but in this line of work, you're supposed to, you should delete and block friends and family members and anybody who doesn't want to support what you're doing, which is crazy to me. Um, I actually was almost convinced at one point to block my sister-in-law, which is crazy because my sister-in-law is literally one of the most supportive people in our circle. But because 
my sister-in-law actually has an education <laughs> and she's actually a coach, um, like a real coach, not like an MLM coach. Um, she's actually been to college for this stuff and she's actually amazing at what she does. Um, because she didn't support the products that I sold. Not that she didn't support me. She cheered me on like crazy whenever I would hit bonuses or get new people in my team and all these things. She was genuinely happy for me. She genuinely wanted to see me succeed. She just knew that these products don't work the way people say they do because it's physically impossible to target fat in one location. It's physically, even with working out, that's, that's not a thing. Um, I was almost convinced to remove her from my life and I just physically couldn't do it because I was like, this is my husband's sister. Like, we go to her house for holidays. Like, she welcomes us with open arms. I have three other children outside of this marriage who she literally is an aunt to, who she shows nothing but love and affection. She's never been anything but kind to me. She's never treated me out of the way. Actually, um, she treats me more like a friend than she does a sister-in-law. And I'm supposed to block her from my life, a family member? Because she doesn't want to buy my products, because she doesn't want to join my quote unquote business, because she doesn't want to put up a post that could potentially scam every single friend that she has for a company that promotes eating disorders and, and junk. No way. Absolutely not. Um, if you ever just feel, <laughs> if you ever just feel anything but positive, you're wrong. You're wrong and you need to go read a book. Uh, if you notice something wrong or off in the company, you are not supposed to talk about it, question it, or think about it because it just shows that you have a bad mindset. For example, the volume not adding up in the products was a really big one for me because I'm like, okay, this is $50 for this product, but it's like 35 BV. It's like 35 volume. That doesn't make any sense. Like, why are we being paid so little? Because we're not paid off of the price or paid off of the volume. Girl, you need to work on your mindset. You need to understand that this is just the way that business works, baby. I even had someone tell me one time, if you had a brick and mortar business, it would be the same way. Like you wouldn't be paying your people tons of money. To da, da, da. Like what? Yeah, but I'd be paying them more than $200 a month now, wouldn't I? Um, because if I didn't in a normal brick and mortar business pay my people more than $200 a month, I would literally probably go to jail for not paying them properly. Um, but that's just not the case in MLM. They get away with it and I don't understand how. Um, the volume changing for the bonuses, this was a big one because it changed like four different times just in the five years that I've been in the business and the bonuses, like the actual bonuses themselves, the actual stipulations for getting the bonuses and what the bonuses were like the payout amounts and stuff have changed maybe six times since I've been in the, in the, in the, in the MLM, um, enrollments being sky high, but crazy astronomically low paychecks. Don't question it. It's your mindset. And your leader's not actually answering your question, just referring you back to working on your mindset. Yeah, that's just, it's all you. It's a you thing. It's not the leader. It's not the company. It's not the volume. It is nothing else but you. <laughs> I actually had a leader tell me this one time. All your questions are just you trying to talk yourself out of being here. All these questions are just you holding yourself back from success. It's not actually the fact that it doesn't work. Um, it's just you holding yourself back. We were never allowed to feel upset. We were never allowed to feel like you were being screwed over. And this is how MLM keeps you sucked in and making the money. It's not our fault, the MLM. It's not our fault. It's your mindset. It's 100% your mindset. It's you, sis.
Since toxic positivity is such a huge part of MLM, I've done some digging and something that I have really found out quickly is that all of these MLM companies, all of them have a quote elite group, meaning it's a group of people who are the only people who know what corporate is doing next, what's next for the business, what the new products are going to be, all of these things that nobody else knows until the day that it releases. And it is believed by hundreds and hundreds of people that the reason why this elite group is super hush-hush and private about all these things is because this is where they actually teach the manipulation tactics. And it is believed that these elite top income earners of the company are actually in on this manipulation. Maybe they don't just flat out come out and say, hey, we're going to teach you how to manipulate your, your team. But they know what they're doing because these people have been groomed for so long climbing their way to the top of these companies that they will buy it. Because if the masses knew how they manipulate these people, literally nobody would join. If I texted you and said, hey, girl, hey, boss, babe, I'm going to scam you. But if you are, quote, coachable, we're going to do a whole episode about that word. But if you're, quote, coachable, i.e. easily manipulated, you do everything that I say and you make enough money, I will teach you how to run the exact same scam on other people. And together, we will both be rich. Here's what I want you to understand. This is the point of this this podcast is not to hurt anyone, bring anyone down. If that was my goal, I would use very specific names, um, but I don't do that. I want to shed light on what is happening inside of these MLMs. Now, tonight we talked about toxic positivity. And what I want you to understand is that toxic positivity does have long term effects on your brain. And it typically results in having a difficult time feeling and coping because you never let yourself feel anything outside of positive emotions. So when something bad happens in life or when you're going through hard things, you literally don't know what to do because you're constantly fueling your brain with all of this positive, I like to call it fluff. It's just it's just stuff that, that doesn't even hold water. It cannot be applied to anything. So just be careful. If you're someone who's in an MLM right now, or if you're coming out of one, or if you've been out of one, be careful with the toxic positivity. Personal development is great. Therapy is great. Talking to a professional is great. And when I say professional, I don't mean someone in an MLM. I mean someone who's actually licensed and skilled for a specific area. Be careful who you trust and who you talk to. And just know that if someone says no to supporting your MLM, it's not that they don't love you. It's just that it's something that they physically cannot stand behind. Maybe don't push those people out of your life because I wish I would have known that back then. I think there are a lot of people who I blocked and shut out of my life who could have actually helped me because this is my third time leaving multi-level marketing. And this is the final time where I'm like, wow, all the red flags are there and everything makes sense. So just know if you're treading through these waters, you're not alone. Um, and I hope that this helps someone. As usual, I'm just going to ask you guys to pay the fee if you found this information useful. Um, please share this with maybe a friend who's in an MLM or considering going into one. Um, 
help me spread the awareness. If you don't know anyone, just share it to your stories. And if you do share it on your stories on Instagram, please make sure that you tag my Instagram page. It's at recovering from MLM. Uh, Cause I'd like to see who's sharing my content. It's, it's actually pretty cool. Um, and I really enjoy all of the support and the friendships that are being built literally on day two of this podcast adventure. So I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for hopping on with me and just remember real friends do not let friends join MLMs.